0: Welcome, this is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, we will let down the nets. I think that phrase is so powerful. Peter's doing things in his own strength and he's getting zero results for it. And now he's got a guy in his life, Jesus, who says to him to do something that makes no sense to him. Peter's a fisherman. Jesus is a carpenter. What would he know about fishing? Yet... Peter has examined this guy's life. He's followed him for some three years and he recognises when Jesus speaks, he's worth listening to. And so he says, not because it makes any sense to me, I don't get it, but because you say so, I'm going to do what you say. Men, have you got men in your world that you can uh, just obey because of the legacy that's in their life? Are you hanging around the right people? It never ceases to amaze me that we have to understand everything before we do anything. You're not going to be the guy God wants you to be if you have to get it first. The Christian walk is a walk of faith. It's not a walk of reason. And I want to encourage you to get alongside men. That's why I shared last time about my dad. You know, you can hear rumours about my dad and you know what, it's quite funny because if you listen to my mum about some of the stories about dad they would all be true too and they wouldn't be positive ones, they'd be negative ones and all of those stories would be true. He did this, he said this, he did this, he did the other. But you know what, they would be things that have been held on and nursed and rehearsed so there's a truth to them but it's not the truth of the pattern of his life. Does that make sense? And so I grew up learning to obey certain men, not because I got it, but because I recognized there was something on their life that was worth listening to. And there's many times, and I'm not talking about as a young man when you have to obey dad because you get a jolly good hiding if you don't. I'm talking about as a teenager, I'm talking about a guy in my 20s who made decisions that I didn't get because there was a man like my dad and other men in my life that spoke into my life. And even when I didn't get it, I recognized there was something on their life worth listening to. And so I said, you know what, because you say so, I'm going to do this. The pastor that groomed me for five and a half years, from eighteen to twenty-three, um, was a man who I love, and, and and to this day I love. He's leading a church down in the southern suburbs of Adelaide, and I never forget. There was there was two guys in my world. They both had the same uh, name, and uh, I was enjoying their company. They were enjoying mine. And he came to me one day, and in just in chatting, it wasn't an appointment. It was just a just a we was in church, just chatting away, getting alongside each other. And he actually said this. He says, "You know what? In light of where you're heading, in light of where you're going, you know what? The guys are." Hanging around with probably not the best influence on your life and you know what I didn't get that I didn't understand that but I did rate the legacy of this man's life so I didn't just listen to the words that hurt me you got to catch these guys I didn't just listen to the one sentence don't hang around those guys I weighed up that one sentence with his life Here is a man who dated a woman, who married that woman as a virgin, who's raised four kids, who's given himself to ministry all around Australia, who's invested years into my life. And if I'm going to get upset over one sentence, there's something wrong with me. And I remember thinking, I didn't say these words, but effectively I was saying this. You know what, Paul, I don't get it. But because you say so, I'm going to do that. And I never forget withdrawing from these, uh, this friendship circle that I had, and they didn't get it. They wondered what the heck was going on. I couldn't explain it to them. I didn't have a nice packaged sentence for them. I just withdrew and started hanging around different people. I didn't even get it, but I just acted in faith, and it wasn't blind faith. I'm not. Uh, the last thing I want to create is yes men. Yes, Tony. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being able to weigh up the integrity of one's life. And because of the integrity on one's life, we can follow. See, faith is not blind. It's not like just follow God because He said, how ridiculous. It's not about your faith so much as the integrity of the person that you put your faith in. And so when we put our faith in God, it's not about our faith so much as the integrity of God. And when you look at the Word of God and you see it being fulfilled over and 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 over, and over, and over again... It's more about His integrity than my faith. Does that make sense? And so when the Messiah was prophesied that He would come at a certain time, in a certain place, from a certain country, from a certain city, and He would do certain things, and all those things come to pass, and they were prophesied years ago, God is worthy of putting our faith in. And then Jesus talks, and He says some profound things, and they came to pass he says to Peter he says man there's a time you're going to deny me and you're going to do it three times and to prove I'm right there's going to be a rooster that crows straight after and it happened Jesus said those things so that Peter wouldn't have to have blind faith but he could put his faith in the integrity of a man that can be trusted if you are around men that you can't say because you say so you're probably hanging around the wrong guys I'm not talking about, you know, getting some marriage advice off a guy who's been married four or five times and say, oh, you know what, because you said it must be right. No, no, no. I'm talking about somebody like my dad who knows what it is to hang around in tough situations and you say, you know what? I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. But you know what? Because you say so, I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And what you see is we read on in the story, that moment of obedience in Peter's life opened great doors for him. Let's read on it says when they had done so so he says because you say so they let down the nets because Jesus the carpenter said Jesus was not a carpenter he was saying put down your nets at the wrong time of the day fishermen fished at night Peter just said as a professional fisherman I've worked hard all night and caught nothing now you want me to do something that goes against my better judgment but you know what they do it obedience they obey And then they get this incredible, large catch of fish. In other words, through Peter's obedience, he now gets what he wants. Gets this massive catch. As a fisherman, that's what you want. Maybe there are some men in here who want a girlfriend. Or want a wife. Or want a promotion. Peter got what he wanted. And I'm believing that there are many in this room that are going to get what they've dreamed of, get what they've wanted as a result of obeying because you say so moments. I believe that because you say so is going to open up doors to you. People often ask me, how did I get here? How did you do this? When did you know you were going to go into ministry? I actually didn't know I was going to go into ministry. I just responded to because you say so moments. I didn't withdraw from two friends because I, this, is my, this is my track to being a pastor. I just did it because it was about my health. You've got to catch this. And as a result of little acts of obedience, God opened doors. I was talking to Damien just a minute ago and he was just saying, I can't believe where he's ended up in his job. He's just pinching himself. It's just an incredible opportunity. That's how I feel. I don't know how I got here. I know friends of mine who have strived they've gone to Bible college and they've done everything they can to get what we've got and haven't got it I haven't tried to get this ever I've just surrounded myself with good men that I've surrendered to and it's amazing what doors open up So, how did you get, how did you get there? what did you do? did you go to Bible college? Well, kind of was I good at it? not really when did you leave school? early so it's not an education thing, think not at all there's something far more important than any of those things and I'm not here to downplay all those things but I'm telling you getting around the right men will open doors for you you'll start to get what you want I believe that there's promotions heading your way but you know what some guy might say you know what because of the job you're in might be good for you to, when you go to an interview, wear long sleeve shirts, cover those tattoos, this, that and the other. Oh, they've got to accept me for who I am. It <laughs> doesn't work like that. You're right, but you're wrong. And if you can humble yourself, you'll be amazed what doors can open for you. Let me read on, because it gets interesting now. That sounds good, huh? Obedience, getting what you want, Sweet. This is what happens to Peter's life after you get such a large catch. It says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. I oh, know. Now they're in trouble. This is what I've learned. When you get what you want, that's when the real pain starts. You get your promotion now it's pressure what do I do? help you get the girlfriend that becomes a wife this is fantastic this is awesome now she's not complying I thought marriage was sex 24-7 sex on tap that's what marriage means doesn't it? got what I wanted Peter gets what he wants now he's struggling with what he wants fish fantastic awesome such a large number Peter how would you love to catch that is so so big and so great you can hardly contain it oh bring it on Lord help how would you like a wife oh that'd be fantastic and yet the divorce rate is so high why why I believe God created a breakthrough uh, sorry a breaking point moment in Peter's life and if God creates a breaking point moment in your life he's obviously trying to teach you something see see this miraculous catch was not of the devil it was from God it was a gift to Peter so it's from God Now he's struggling. So there was obviously something God wanted to teach Peter. When you hit a wall in your promotion, when you hit a wall in your job, when you hit a wall in your relationships, and relationships are from God and and working is from God, God will create breaking point moments to teach us a lesson. Yeah? Yeah? You're looking at me like, where's he going with this? I'm not agreeing to anything until I know what's at the end. Just trust me. Just say amen in faith. Actually, that sounds a lot like me when my pastor said, split up those friends. So we're in good company. We're in good company. I believe God's, from his perspective, looking down at Peter, and thinking, what will he do? Will he find more strength to tough it out all by himself? Struggling in your marriage? Oh, I've got to find more strength to tough it out all by myself because I'm too embarrassed to tell my friends about it. Or, will he find more help? See, you can either work smarter or become a martyr. It's up to you. And when you become a martyr, you adopt a victim mentality. This is what a victim mentality looks like in the workplace. Oh, that stupid boss of mine, you can't please him. I'm damned if I do something, I'm damned if I don't, uh, don't do something. You ever use that language? This is what it looks like in a marriage. Women! Can't live with them, can't live without them. Victim. It's pathetic. Grow up. Women, can't live with... What a pathetic statement. Can't live with them, can't live with... Well, you're stuffed then. You're going to be miserable for the rest of your lives. Just think about it. Can't live with them, can't live without them. What a conundrum. What a pathetic place to be. Who wants to... I'm like, man, women are awesome. Find one, marry them, and just have a great life together. If you don't get over this victim mentality... (laughs) You either end up on prescription medication, you have an affair, you get addicted to pornography, or you experience divorce, separation. Or we can learn the lesson that Peter learned that day, and let's find out what that is as I read on. It says, the number of fish that were in their nets was so full that it began to break so they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them and when they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink Peter obeys Jesus as a result Peter gets what he wants as a result of getting what he wants he's now struggling what's he going to do is he going to learn the lesson What's the lesson that Jesus, what's the lesson that God is trying to teach Peter? This. Will he ask for help? I think that's the whole teaching moment of this story. Will the guy ask for help? The Bible says God wants to pour out such blessing that you won't be able to contain it. And we love that, but that's the point. You won't be able to contain it. This is what I've learned through leading a larger church. You need help. This is what I've learned about being a Christian man. You need help. This is what I've learned about living in a marriage situation. You need help. This is what I've learned about the Christian community and belonging to a local church. You need help. Peter has got this large catch of fish. He's standing there holding on to it. What's he going to do? He's got two options one, let go. Let go of the marriage, let go of the job, let go of the church. Or ask for help do you know the humility that was required for a hardened fisherman like Peter not only to ask for help but to share the spoils and to share the stories I mean I caught all these fish this big I had help it kind of takes the edge off the story but without the help he wouldn't be able to say I caught a fish There's actually no such thing as a self-made man. This is what a lot of the men I come across looks like. Those of you who have kids know this. Those who don't are young enough to remember this for yourselves. You see your kids struggling to do something and as the dad you watch them they can't put their toy box up the top and they've been told to do it and yeah, they're just struggling because I don't want to do it anyway but yeah, they're just going to struggle by themselves and you sit there watching thinking I'll help you all you've got to do is ask how many as a parent know that you remember that how many who don't have kids remember their dads so just ask for help don't have to struggle by yourself and the dad we want to help we want to help Where does that come from? It comes from God the Father. He wants to help. If we don't get the help, we're going to look like little boys for the rest of our lives. Paul says it this way. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I spoke like a child. I threw tantrums like a child. I sulked like a child. I sucked my thumb like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. In other words, manhood is a choice. Manhood is a choice. We've got to make some good choices. Asking for help is as important as getting the help you need. No one helps me. Do you ever ask? Here's the great thing about this story. God put a test for Peter, but help was at hand. He had the person ready to help him, if only he would ask. As he humbles himself and cries out to his friend, he says, Will you help me? The help was there. In this room is the sufficient help for every one of your issues in life your marriage problems, your physical problems your emotional problems, your financial problems. We've got some guys who, who have an incredible track record of managing their finances. If you don't, you need to get alongside and ask for help. Not money. Don't ask for money, please. We're not, we're not a wealth... We don't want to be a, have a handout. So it doesn't help anyone. We want to train people. We want to help people by equipping them, by training them. And everything you need is is within a few metres of you. That's how God loves you. He's given everything you need. Kestrel's nodding. He's just started a group for our 18 to 25s called Oxygen. It's for our young adults. And on the launch, I was there at the ball and he stood. He said, you know, we're going to have these nights where, where, where you can get the help you need. Because some of our 18 to 25-year-olds these days just don't have a clue on how to do life. They know how to buy drugs. They know how to receive the doll, but they've got no idea of how to do life. And so we exist to partner with people to help them. Here's the thing. Are you man enough to ask for the help you know you need to get the answer you may not like? I think, that's, I think there's two main reasons why we don't ask one, we're too proud and pride is what made the devil the devil he tried to be like God he wanted to be lord and master of his own life I think it's pride and the fact that we don't really like the advice we know we're going to get I've spoken to many guys and some of you in this room about your kids and that is never easy And to be dismissed the way I do is so unkind and so ungracious as if it's just what I love doing. I love getting up thinking, whose day can I mess up? Who can I make miserable today? If you are going to be one of those that help, here's the other side of the story. When John came over to help them, And it sounds exciting. Wow, fish, we'll get part of the catch. We'll get part of the prestige. We'll be able to have a story tonight. This is awesome. Because right now when they're thinking, they're not carrying any weight. We'll get involved, sure. Come over. Whoa! Now both boats are beginning to sink. When you offer to help, it's not always a guarantee that it's going to be easy. And that's why so many people don't go to church anymore. They blame the church, they blame this, they talk about getting abused and used. Jesus got used and abused. And we're meant to become more like him. Jesus didn't say, ah, stuff, this, this is just too hard. Getting involved means you're going to feel like you're sinking at times. That's what partnership's all about. We're in this together. I watched a movie the other day, and it's interesting. The, the first sign of an argument, the husband, he picks up his pillow and goes on the couch. And I was watching this film with my wife. I said, Kathy, you realize? Over 19 years of marriage, not only have we never done that, it's never jumped into my head to do that. Now, no condemnation for those of you who slept on the couch last night, because possibly some of you did, But when we got married, we realized it's about carrying each other's load. It's about carrying each other's burden. It's about helping. Maddie was spotting me the other day, and and for whatever reason, I was fatigued with my chest, and and everything I did, I did to failure. But there was one set of inclines that I was doing, and uh," and he was giving me a little bit, and then I had nothing, and he had the whole lot. And he's like, Come on, you can do it when you start spotting it it starts like this. <laughs> and then he had the whole lot. He was singing, Oh man, come on, give me something That's partnership. Yeah, yeah. You don't just say this is too hard, stop you. Boom. Thought about. <laughs> he thought about it, but he didn't do it. Every husband thought about killing their wife, it's whether you do it or not. Are you catching this? I preach my guts out, and that's what I get. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right, okay. <laughs> you know, as, as, as this church has grown, I, I want to tell you, be honest, most of what we're doing now, I did not sign up for. God totally blindsided me. He got me all excited in the early days about starting this church. And this is what I thought starting a church would look like you've got to preach, you can pray read my Bible. I can do that. No problems. As the church has grown, I get further and further out of my depth, further and further out of my depth. I I, I never signed up for any of this. It's like God blinded my eyes because if I'd known this is where I was heading, I wouldn't have ever signed up. You don't want to know everything God's got for you. You don't want to know it. Honestly, if God had told me at the age of 25 I was going to plant a church when I was 15... I reckon I would have found the nearest razor blade and just I, just I wasn't ready for it at 15 but you know what in my moments of weakness I said God I don't know what I do I need help how do you pass a church that's over a thousand people how do you, how do, you do that he says just ask for help you've got some boats in this city that can help you and I want to tell you as we've partnered with other churches we've become a better church we're not becoming the same church we're becoming a better victory church and so we can still go and be ourselves we can still go in our t-shirts and our thongs but in our t-shirts and thongs we humble ourselves and say man can you help us we had one of the guys from Edge Church Steve Hill come to our staff meeting and just talk and it was so enlightening and we just humble ourselves and say can you help us are we going to be humble enough to ask for the help that we need and are we going to be willing enough to receive the advice we get oh someone write that down that was good seriously if you can write that down and Facebook it that'd be great what did I just say I like that if we can be man enough to humble ourselves and willing enough what did I say (laughs) what did I say Matt you writing it I like that here's the point it's not about you Peter's holding this thing it's about the catch it's about the fish It's about what you've been given. Been given a wife, it's about the wife. It's about the marriage. It's not about you, it's about the marriage. Some of you win the battles but lose the war. You win an argument but you lose a marriage. What's the point of that? Well done, you're you're great. Well done, You're, you're right. You're right, all the way to singleness. Well done. It's not about you, it's about the marriage. When Solomon was a young king... He was confronted with this really difficult situation. There were two women who had two young children and one of the women rolled over onto her child and, and suffocated the child like a cot death scenario, dead. The woman woke up, saw that her child was dead and saw there was another woman in the room sleeping and nursing her child and so she switched babies, gave her her dead child and took her alive child. And there's this massive argument in the morning, as you can only imagine. The two women are brought to Solomon. Solomon prayed for wisdom. And this is the conclusion he came to. He said, okay, that's fine. I've had enough. I mean, you can imagine two women. I've had enough. Bring me a knife. Let's kill the baby. But there was some wisdom behind that comment. Because the true mothers would rather not live with the child and let it live and so the mother of the child says no 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 no! please don't kill the child please don't kill the child let the child live she, she, he, uh, my child can live with the other person it's fine but the woman who'd lost the child already said nah kill it Solomon says I know who the mum is the mum is the one who doesn't make it about herself she makes it about the child you know, we can, we, can, we can see Christianity sweep this nation if we get this right. I know who the Christian is. The one who makes it about the catch. Makes it about the harvest. Makes it about the people we're trying to reach instead of you. I'm not going to church because her- it's not about you. Who's the Christian? The one who just comes to church whenever he wants or the one who goes because it's not about them do you know why my dad comes to church there's lots of reasons there's the fellowship there's these they're good times but if for no other reason he'll come because if he doesn't he'll be missed and there'll be a lot of confusion in people's hearts and minds as a result of him not coming dad knows it's not about him and if anyone has a reason to not come to this church it'd be him because he's heard every one of my stories billions of times I preach messages that he put into me as a young boy he doesn't need to come for himself but he knows it's not about him do you know how much it breaks our heart when when someone you've been inviting for years finally comes and you're not here do you know what that says to them do you know the damage that that causes it's just, it, just, it, just, it just further cements in their head, yeah, Christians are hypocritical. Say one thing, do another. You've got to get to church. Oh, yeah, thanks, mate. I was there. Where were you? Hypocrite. And we just further cement what they already know about Christians. That's why we do an event like the bloke. It's to smash down those paradigms of what a Christian male looks like. Let me finish with this thought because I'm all but out of time. This lifestyle I'm talking about, Jesus himself modeled it. Jesus borrowed a boat. He asked for help. Can I borrow your boat? He humbled himself and asked for help. He borrowed a boat. He borrowed an upper room. He borrowed homes. He borrowed um, a donkey. He even borrowed somebody else's tomb. He knew he wouldn't need it for long. Can I borrow a tomb just for a few days? If Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, King of Kings, God Almighty, God incarnate, God in the flesh, can humble himself to ask for help, who the hell do you think you are not to? It's arrogance, it's pride, it's selfishness, it's stupidity. And I want to say, in all the love I can muster, grow up, enlist the help of others, humble yourself. Ask for help and be willing to take on board the advice you receive. Don't just go to your mates who have got their own marriage problems. Don't do that. Don't go to someone who hates church when you're struggling with church and ask them for advice. Don't go to someone for advice about finances when they're struggling with their finances. Go to ones who've got this area nailed to the best of their ability. I say all that to say this you'll never succeed by yourself because we were never designed to do life by ourselves. God has created us to work in relationship with others. That's it. That's it. And that's why it's really important who we hang around. Because if we hang around among people, you'll never get the advice and help that you need. The churches we've gone to for help are not the little guys, the backyard is just starting up. It's guys who are bigger. It's guys who have more experience. It's guys that are managing more monies. And we're saying, Can you help us? We don't want to become like you, we don't, we don't want to mimic everything you're doing. But we recognize there's something in your life that's going to help us get through this sticking point, this breaking point moment. God has blessed us. I mean, hasn't He blessed this church? the growth we're experiencing and this is what I've learnt leading a large church has very little to do with your preaching it has more to do with collaboration getting help and partnering with others because that's what's going to keep the catch if we don't work with others my charismatic energy may draw people but it will never keep them what's going to keep them is us saying help can you help us keep the people can I pray for you Father I want to thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and lives as a bunch of guys we thank you for the success of the bloke and the lives that have been touched and transformed as a result and I pray that you take the simplicity of this teaching this morning um, and that it would impact our hearts deeply That we would not be an island, that we would not do life by ourselves, but that we would partner with others because it's not about us, it's all about the catch. And I pray that you would help us to change our thinking, change our paradigms, that we may recognize this to be true. Father, today we make a decision to humble ourselves and to surround ourselves with good, godly men that can help us through our breaking point moments. And I asked that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, over to Baz. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.